Good morning, Chair City Church. How are you today? Good to see you. Come on. Hey, hey. For our guests, my name is Dave, and I'm the pastor here, and I love what I do. Glad to see all of you today. Um, so, Christy and I, we, uh, we like to take our kids on long trips. We call them journeys, you know, throughout New England. It's just a great region that we live in. Um, whether it's, you know, mountainous regions, beaches, we just like to get out there, especially if it's someplace we haven't gone somewhere before. I'm an explorer, you know? And, and we drive a bit just to take in the, the vastness of the beauty that exists in this region, you know? And, and even better, if I can get out and, and kind of walk into it or travel in it, it's just wonderful. Now, now the kids, they're not really with me on this, you know? Uh, it's, it's not all about that with them. You know, they're not like, wow, Dad, this is really awesome. They're more like, you know, like, so is this why we drove all this way? You know, this two and a half, three hour trip just to, to look at this, you know, to, to sit here and, and watch it? Like, okay, when's lunch? Okay, right? And I'm like, but I'm like no, no, you, you, you're missing it. You, you, you just got to pause and, and just take this in, especially at this time. And, and, and like, yeah, okay, is there a McDonald's anywhere around here? And, I, and you, you have this kind of attention, right? And I know someday they're going to turn around and, and they're going to realize, wow, Dad was right. It really is beautiful and there's so much to see here and it does good to take it in, right? But what's happening here is you have two people Two groups of people looking at the same thing and coming away with an entirely different view, right? You know, and we see that in our culture. Two different people looking at the same thing and coming away with a different conclusion. Now, what it shows is the power of perspective, huh? One person can look at something and think, that's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to look at. You know, I can really glean at something wonderful, meaningful here. Another person could look at the same thing and say, it's bunk. There's nothing to this. Actually, I think it's kind of tragic if you ask me. Right? Now, all of this depends on what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Meaning, all of this depends on what's going on inside of you. Because that's what's going to drive your perspective on what you're seeing beauty in and what you're finding meaning in. Right? Now, who you are in the middle of circumstances will determine what you're focusing on in the midst of those circumstances. And it's often going to determine on, it's going to determine and drive your reactions, not even necessarily response, but reactions uh, to that. Now, we are in the middle of a series called The Beautiful Life, and we're teaching that God has given us a design, a plan of what a beautiful life for you and I look like. We started in January, so 2019 is going to be the year that we live out our life in a beautiful way to glorify God, yes? We're going to have a beautiful life this year. Now, what we've been doing is looking at two parts of the Bible. We've been going to the, uh, the book of Matthew, where we find a group of scriptures called the Beatitudes. These are statements that Jesus made uh, that speak to who you are when you are following Jesus. And then we're going over to Galatians in, in the fifth chapter, and we're looking at a portion of the Bible that is called the fruit of the Spirit. These are a list of characteristics that, that come from the Spirit of God living in us and through us as we carry out life. And each week what we're doing is we're taking one beatitude and one fruit of the Spirit and in order, and we're bringing them together. Today, we're going to Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, which says, Blessed are the pure in the heart, for they will see God. 
And then the fruit of the Spirit is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, which is, but the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. So your life will be what you decide it to be. And when I say that, you probably don't process it. It doesn't, you know, you don't absorb that. It might be a little bit of a pushback. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm not Madonna up here. I am Dave. Okay, some of you are like, who and what is Madonna or whatever, okay? But I, I'm, I'm talking about determining within yourself your perspective of life is that it really can be an amazing thing to be a part of and to take part of. It's an opportunity each and every day and each and every week to live out your life. Now, that's in contrast to the thought that life is weary, it's a drag, it's, it's a grind, a day-to-day grind, right? Now, the way you think and perceive life is often the way it's going to be, and here's why. It's not some uh, kind of a mystic or secular, you know, impartation into you, you know what I mean? I'm telling you why. Because God allows each one of us to bring ourselves into each one of our circumstances, right? Meaning whatever's going on in your life, when you enter into that circumstance, that conversation, that conflict, that interaction, that situation, who you are inside, your perspective, right? You know, what's going on in your heart is coming into that situation, that circumstance. And that's going to have a significant effect on what happens next, right? And from what comes out of it back into your life. And how you perceive people and how people perceive you. So if you look at somebody as a bad person, you know what, they're probably going to be a bad person. Even if they're good, you might, you might still, you're, you're going to be seeing the bad in them, right? If you, want, if you look at somebody and say, wow, they have the potential to be an amazing person, you're probably going to glean out something in their life that's good, that could, put, that could put them on a trajectory to be amazing. Chris and I would do that in a, when we ministered in a city to low-income individuals, you know, less fortunate people. We'd always say we, we don't see them for who they are or where they are, but we, we see them for what they can be in, 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 you know, in light of God, right? Um, the beauty is this, you know, that it all comes down to what are we bringing to the table? How are we managing our lives? Huh? The beauty of it is who Jesus is and that Jesus keeps reminding me, Dave, this truth. He says, Dave, you own your life. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you've surrendered to me. You've trusted in me. You've died to yourself. With all that said, the life you're living, you own it, man. You, every situation will be what you bring into that situation, okay? Meaning it, it's not okay, this is what this one says, and this is what's going on, and this is a financial situation, and, and this is this climate, and, and, and no, no, no. Who am I? Who am I in the middle of all this? What am I bringing into the situation? That's what's going to drive this within me. Right? It might, it might not affect the outcome. It'll certainly, I believe, have a significant effect on all that goes on. But at the end of the day, what's in me and how I'm going to be affected internally is going to be driven by what I bring to the table. Does that make sense? I own this. Regardless of what so-and-so says, you know, regardless of what Jason says about me or Shania says about me, although they usually speak well of me, right? I pick two good people. How do you like that, all right? Regardless of what happens uh, within the church, in my, in, you know, in my neighborhood, in my community, politically, 
Whatever is going on, all of this is not going to determine who Dave is. And it's not going to determine how I necessarily, the core of who I am, how I'm going to be responding to what's going on. Who I am inside, what I am internally is going to drive all of that, right? The Bible teaches us to own that. And that when we're walking with Jesus, the Bible teaches when we're doing that, that we actually, we will bring influence. I was saying earlier that um, our son, who picked this up, I think, from a friend uh, during a doctor visit, you know, it was one of the earlier on, the doctor visits when they become teens, and I think they do it all along, but in particular as a teenager, you know, the doctor was going through kind of a, you know, discourse with the child and, and said, okay, you know, now you're a teen, you're going to have peer pressure and influences, you want to be careful who you let influence you, at which point you know, the child turns around and says, hey, you know what, honestly, I'd like to, I do the influence myself. I really, I'm the one who influences people, right? You get that? Not out of arrogance, out of just a confidence and an adherence to what they believe in. I believe in the one true God. I believe in Jesus. I know what he can do in people's lives. I know it's worthy to hold to. And you know what? It is not the people out there who are going to influence me, but it's me who's going to influence them with my faith, Right? And that's what you want to know and believe. You know, it's not circumstances and people and situations that are going to influence me. It's me and my faith in God and what he's doing inside of me that's going to influence my circumstances and people that I come into, into, into connection with. That's not arrogance. That's just a confidence in who God is and what he does. Right? And, and that's good for everybody. And this is God's plan for you to live a beautiful life as you and I follow Jesus. And you see how it actually plays out in a wonderful, considerate, compassionate way before we finish this out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Today you need to. You want to let Jesus purify your heart. And I know some of you are like, oh, it's another one of Dave's things. Like, oh, really? It doesn't just like get me all jumpy and excited and wow and this. But listen, today God is desiring to purify your heart. As a follower of Jesus, this is a process that you've come into. Now, I didn't say puree you. I said purify you. And there's a difference, right? When I say purify, some of you would jump into these thoughts of God squishing you and squashing you and pulling you apart and all that and no, no, I said purify you, a work of purification in your life. Now, Jesus is speaking to Jewish people in that time. And for a long time, these people have been, being, be, they've been taught by religious leaders, many of who are called Pharisees. And what the Pharisees prescribe to, what they've been introducing them to, is a, an external purification, Right? Meaning it's all about the inside for the most part. And the Pharisees themselves prescribed to that. It was all about how they dressed, what they said, and who they hung out with, right? That's what, that's what church life was. It was all about the, what was going on externally. And Jesus walks into that kind of culture and says, no, no, no. Blessed are the pure in the heart. Meaning I'm looking at what's going on in the inside. God is looking at what's going on in the inside of you, and what's going on in the inside of you as a follower of Jesus is purification in your heart because the heart is the control center of your being. Let your audience be an audience of one, the one true God. 
And let your heart be right before him. Search my heart, O oh God, and let me know if there's anything in there that offends you, as David said. Because, God, you are my audience in the midst of this terrible circumstances that I'm going through. You know, let me not hate. No, you, God, purify my heart, O oh God. The heart is the deep part of you. Where you're, I'm just going to try to mush it together. Your emotions, your cognition, your spirits all coming together now. It's all interacting where you are and where you are at. And Jesus is so desiring to purify your control center because Jesus knows that if you get that right, then everything on the outside is going to change, right? And it's going to change for the better. And that's good for you, and it's good for all those people you're in relationship with, from sibling to parent to grandparent to coworker, everybody. Now, the way to experience a beautiful life is to experience Jesus. And Jesus is the one that will purify your heart. He, Jesus is the heart surgeon who can fix and heal those things that are within our heart that are not right. Now, some of us do a fairly decent, maybe even masterful job of patching things up. Right? And, and that gets us, you know, it moves us along. That patch job, you know, of keeping things together to get through those, you know, difficult, you know. But it's, it's so far less than what God has for you. Huh? God wants to heal you. He wants to heal the depth of your heart. Huh? Any offense, any wound, any regret. Or any, he, he wants you to stop trying to just push through it your way, you know, and, and, and put things in your mind and pictures and ways and doing things. just to, And no, no, he's saying just stop today. Let me purify your heart. You know, in that purification, all that's going to go, you know. And now it won't just be you trying to kind of use what worked then, which was cool, but isn't working now, and it never will work again, right? Okay, so I understand you thought that way and you acted that way, and you, then, but, but now it's now. And now I want you to trust in me and let me purify your heart. You see, we, we, you know, sometimes when we think about this, Pure, this kind of uh, one of the great ways, if you will, let me go here. One of the great ways that God will purify your heart, and, and, and it's not seemingly an attractive way to us, but God will purify your heart through through difficulty, through suffering, through challenges. Some of you are, are in the midst of some of that now. Some of you are coming out of it, uh, and, and, and God will purify your heart. I'm going to just put it out there. I think it's. It's the way God purifies our hearts when we are in the midst of some incredibly difficult times, trials, tribulations, struggles, difficulties of all kinds. Now, no one likes to suffer. No one's volunteering to suffer. But I want you to get this, that it's very natural for us. Sometimes we've got to slow our thinking down to actually get this, that it's in there. That when we are suffering, we think, okay, something's wrong here. This is not how it's supposed to be. And perhaps, you know, we kind of attested to how we've been with God. You know, like maybe there's an insufficiency on our end, right? And, and, and then we each one kind of juggle that around in our thoughts, how to reconcile that and, and keep going on with this God thing. Or sometimes, and we might not say this out loud, sometimes we will, but we're kind of thinking, processing, it's God who's insufficient. God is insufficient. And, and therefore, we now begin to kind of limit 
our trust and our reliance and our dedication to this one true God. And this is very problematic because we wind up now kind of doubling down uh, on our way of being that brought us to where, you know, to, to where we are in some cases. Or what we're real, more importantly, we're really missing that this trial, this suffering, this, this difficulty is God's hand working in us and through us to bring purification, right? So that we would see his faithfulness and his power in our lives. God, this discomfort, this, this incredibly unpleasurable time, and, and, and in some cases it may be devastating, in here is God's hand working through us to actually bring healing, to bring cleansing, to clean us out from all that shouldn't be there, and that we would see him as the living, loving God that he is. And by the way, the greatest stories in Christendom, in the history of Christianity, are right here. The greatest stories that we know from those who have carried the torch of our faith come from these stories right here, right? Now, you, and we see it. There's, a, there's a, a, a kind of a secular principle. Every day of the week, uh, there are hundreds of thousands and millions of people that gather in these buildings and they jump on machines and they lift up heavy objects and they grunt and they sweat and they tear themselves apart, right? You know what I'm saying? And not only are they there, but then there's a lot more people that say they should be there, but they're not being there, right? But they're paying to be there. They all have memberships. You know what I'm talking about? People are going to work out, right? To stretch themselves and push themselves or hurt themselves, you know, to, to what? To get themselves out of that comfort zone because they know by doing this, they're going to be better. They're going to be healthier. Their heart, their strength, it's all better, right? And, uh, and, I, and, and I was one of those people that were paying for a membership and wasn't using it. Uh, I'm improving. It's probably a good time to let you know. Today we'll kind of talk about Easter quick at one point. Whoa, Easter is coming. It's, it's, it's next month, people, right? It's a big deal for us. And you also should know that in May, I'm going to run a Spartan race, man. I'm going to be a hoo I'm going to be a, a Spartan, and uh, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. My children think I'm sick, like not physically sick, but mentally sick. Uh, I, uh, when I saw the video of what goes on, I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't a good idea. But nonetheless, uh, I'm, I'm doing it, and I, I will endure. Yeah, yeah, when I saw carrying the 60-pound bucket for a quarter of a mile, I'm thinking, my God, <laughs> that's just going to be outright pain. It's going to be pain, pain, pain. But I know that if I, that I yeah, I've got, I've, I've got to train. I've got to get better. I've dropped 20 pounds. I'm starting to do pull-ups. I, man, I should take a picture of me and my rubber bands hanging, <laughs> hanging from the pull-up bar. Uh, so I'm going to bring pain into my life. I'm going to bring humility, but all because I know it's going to make me healthier, right? This is, this is a good thing, man, right? I'm gonna, when it's all said and done, I think I'm going to be the most physically fit I've been in my life, right? At 53 years old, how cool is that? So listen, it, so we, you know, when, when it comes to suffering, it's not so much that our, there's something kicking around that's not right in our faith necessarily. It certainly isn't an insufficiency on God's part. But it's God using these things to develop us, to purify our hearts, to make a better me and a better you. And I know, you just got to wrap your mind around that because if you do, it's going to change what you bring to the table, you know? It's going to change what you're bringing to that doctor's office, what you're in. It's going to change what you're bringing into that relationship or how you have to navigate a different way of relationship. It's going to change what you're bringing into your kids' lives. It's just going to change everything. God is with me, his hand is on me, and he's working through me. To accomplish a great work. Have you ever read about the, um, or, or seen a, the process of a, of a, of a refiner 
uh, you know, of someone refining precious metals, like gold, silver, uh, I don't know, platinum would fall under there, whatever. But you know what happens is the refiner, he puts the metal under heat, like intense heat, and, and a solid becomes a liquid, right? And, and that hard metal becomes very, very soft. And then, you know, as it gets, becomes a liquid, the impurities float to the top. And he takes um, a special tool and he just kind of skims the impurities out of the metal. And then as it settles in and he lowers the temperature and it begins to now, you know, harden, he then shapes it into the form he wants, right? Now, if, if the refiner turns up the heat too much, it'll bring the impurities up to the top and it'll, be de- it'll destroy the metal. If he, if he doesn't bring enough heat, then what happens is the metal stays hard. It doesn't soften. And so he can't shape it to what he wants. It stays the same shape, right? Nothing changes. We read in the Bible that God is the refiner of our hearts. He refines, he shapes our hearts. He wants to make our hearts like pure gold. Consider all the situations that, are in the, that come into our lives. Financial troubles, physical struggles, huh? You know, defeats loneliness, isolations, relationship issues, anxieties, depression, family problems. Wow. And that could be just a bad day sometimes, right? And yet in the midst of some of these things, perhaps the most difficult ones, this could be your God and my God. That I believe this is what the Bible tells us, that, he, that the heat's being turned up in the, in the most sovereign way so that our hearts will soften. They will soften. They will melt. They will be purified with a living and a loving God. And those impurities will rise to the surface and God will scrape them right away. Those impurities that dog us, that hinder us, that taunt us, that speak to us when we get up in the morning, that keep kind of clouding our relationships, that are holding us back from living the beautiful life, right? Those impurities that, that kind of participated and made one situation bad that now we're going to kind of carry into the next situation again. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Let's turn that heat up. You want to trust in me and rely on me. See my hand working in your life. Let them come up to the surface now and let's get them out of there, right? That you'd be free to live a beautiful life. huh? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Do you remember what that word blessed means? It means happy. The word there in the original language, the Hebrew language, that word blessed means happy. It means fortunate. Happy are the pure in heart. Fortunate are the pure in heart. Happy are those who, that when God purifies their hearts, that when God brings situations and circumstances into their life that, that are difficult, that their hearts are being purified, happy are those people. How fortunate are those who God turns up the heat, difficulties come in, they're drawn to him, the impurities come up, they're removed from their life, and now they press on, holding on to the hand of God. How fortunate they are now to live life in such a beautiful way. You know, and all this, when this happens, it changes the way. You see, when you, when you go through it, when you, when you go through a difficulty, a trial, and this is your perspective, this is what's coming out of you, this is what you're bringing to the table, and you experience this, 
this interaction with God, it changes how you see God forever. It changes how you see all of life forever. You'll not, you'll not only not, you'll never go through another difficulty again and not see and look for God's hand. But not only that, all of life will look different. It's like when I was, had, I, I didn't like, Chrissy loves roller coasters, but when I, I, I was not into roller coasters when I was young. I it really wasn't. And I had like the cyclone in Brooklyn, no way. And then one day, I don't know, I just lost my mind and I decided to jump out of a plane like 3,500 feet in the air. And all of a sudden, I was cool with roller coasters. No big deal, right? You know? And, and, and that's what I see. Once God, that purification happens and, and you, you attach a difficulty to God glorifying himself in your life. Like God right there with you, lifting you up through what's going on to reveal his power in your life and to change you and to bring you to a, a greater you. And then you see that come to fulfillment in a way that you simply could not have imagined. Now you see God in everything and in everyone. And it's a beautiful thing and life is that much much beautiful. Listen, life will make you better or bitter. Yes? I'm just telling you. Some of you are walking around day to day just having this like expectation that life's going to be better. And some of you are walking around every day like this sucks. My, and you're getting bitter and bitter and bitter. There's a lot of bitterness that's holding around. And some of you do a pretty masterful job of containing that, you know, by what you're doing on the outside. But what's going on on the inside? Let's get rid of that bitterness and let's come to the place of every day and every way my life's getting better and better because of what's going on inside of me. Regardless of external situations, I'm getting better, yes? You own that. You own that. That's who you are as a follower of Jesus. That's a beautiful thing to own, right? And it was paid for by Jesus' life. So I want you to know that right now, God knows you, and he loves you, and he wants you to be better in every way. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You have to have eyes to see, right? You got to see people. And, and that's the, one of the wonderful things about the purity of heart. It helps you see God for all he is. It gives you this magnificent vision of who God is and what he can do in your life. And not only in your life, but other people's lives. Meaning you start to see this world not only from your you know, very small place, but you start to see this world through the eyes of a living, loving God. And you start to see other people in a better way. Even those you disagree with and your enemies and those who have hurt you, now they have, such, they have such less power on you. You're not carrying that stuff and, and playing it out in your mind the way you do. We talk about this. You're seeing it all in such a greater way. Remember I said two people could look at the same thing and come away with totally different opinions and conclusions, right? Like that whole, that, you know, the sunrise, man. I'm telling you, I, I, I love sunrises. I do. I love to get up. It's like a new day, man. And, and my poor wife, when we hang out, it's like I, I'm, a, I'm a city guy. I like hanging out at night. I, I look for places that stay open late till like 2 in the morning. And then I love sunrises. So if we go away for like overnight, we don't often get away. You know, we don't get away from the kids a lot. But if we do go, it's just me and her like on our anniversary. I want to hang out till like 1, 2 in the morning. I try and find some jazz club or some place where bands are playing, a little pub somewhere where I can hang out and have apps till like 2 in the morning. And then I want to get up at like 530 to watch the sunrise, you know. And, and, you know, she's with me now. Actually, she likes getting up. She'll wake me up to go watch the sunrise, right? Now, our kids, my kids, they're so respectful to me in this area. They're like, don't you dare. 
don't you wake us up to watch the sunrise. The sun is going to look the same way at 9 o'clock in the morning that it will at 5.30 in the morning. Leave us alone, Dad. Just, just hands off, man. Just stay away from us. And I, I respect that, okay? But I tell you, you're missing. I tell you, you're missing something, man. It's a beautiful thing to just sit there and just with expectation that something really beautiful is going to happen. And all the possibilities that exist. I do. And like the one you saw was actually, in that case, I got up by myself. Christy was really tired that day, I guess. And well, I got up really early and I just walked and walked and walked along the beach by myself. Just really contemplating the goodness of God. And, 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 and catching those ugly, negative, distracting thoughts and regrets. And you said, no, 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 no. This is, this is just me and God right now. And, I, and look, look how awesome he is. And, and there's just there's so much potential out there. And, and the fact that I can kind of see all this for what it is and putting it in a good perspective, yeah, yeah, there's hope here, you know? And that was just me talking to God and, and seeing how awesome he is, right? All right, let me get back on track. You know, you know, the difference is right here. When somebody experiences God purifying their heart, they, again, you see God's hand in everything. And, and, and Jesus said, out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the, abundance of, the, out of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just as much it's true out of the abundance of the heart, the eyes see. You hear that? Your eyes, your eyes are going to see what's going on in your heart. This is so true. Everything is driven by your heart. And I'm asking you, what are you seeing? What do you see? What, what, do you, what pictures are you putting together? What images are you drawing from? And how you're governing your life, man, you know? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You're in here today. You, I, I just want to applaud you and commend you that you are here today. And I want you to gain from that. And right now, I want you to just say to yourself, I'm going to see God. I'm going to see all that God has for me. I'm going to start replacing these images and these pictures with, with better ones, with ones of possibilities and potential, huh? with one, ones of God bringing beauty from ashes. Listen. First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. You see the coming together of seeing God and the purification and purity. When you see God on this side of eternity, there is a great hope. You see, there's a great hope within that purity. It just comes as we're being purified. There's this hope that comes up with us, that hope of, of a possibility, that hope of a potential, that hope of something better. We ju it's just happening. We sense it. It's coming out of us. And we bring that now into circumstances and situations, not only literally tangibly when we're there talking, but even as we consider it, as we look forward. Our future orientation is now we have this hope injected and infused into our future orientation. Listen. It's up to you. If Jesus is purifying your heart and God is showing himself in the middle of this world, it's up to you to turn around and believe, I can bring hope into this world. I can. I have hope and I can bring hope. And I'm going to bring that into this world. You see this, the idea, you know, we, we, we're, we're so immersed in, in negativity in our culture. Uh, 
It, it's just true more than ever before. And I say this a lot lately because I'm just, I, I keep getting surprised by how common it is for people to speak and act in negative ways. I'm blown away. Last week I was with one of my girls. I took them out at night. We went to like a mall and, you know, we were in a shoe store and, and a, a woman was having an interaction with an employee with her daughter. The employer left and she started talking so negatively about this human being. I'm like, whoa, what are you doing, man? I really wanted to say, shut up. I mean, like, compassionately, like, what are you doing to this, your child? Just stop it. And yet it's so common. And, and, and you know, culture rubs off on us. And as Christians, I think sometimes we might kind of just ad- adopt some of that, that negative talking and that complaining. And not only about our story, but other people and, and, and what's going on around us, right? But it's, it's just not Christian. You could almost say it's anti-Christian. It's antithetical to the gospel for us to conduct ourselves in that way. I mean, listen, Christy is like grade A on this, and, 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 I, and I'm always just trying to make, you know, get up there, you know? But I know that's where I should be, and, and, I, and I do continually will catch myself, you know, like, well, I shouldn't have said that about that person, or, yeah, I know I shouldn't even be thinking about it that way, you know? Because I know I want to glorify God, and this is not doing that. This is not God working through me. The idea that someone who follows Jesus is going to always be or often looking to what's wrong in other people is inconsistent to what he's called us to be. And it's not good for the heart. God wants you to bring hope into people's lives. He wants you to speak hope into people's life, you know? No sense in making, no, no, no sense in making believe that this world isn't broken. It is broken. And sometimes we're in the midst of that brokenness, right? But God is remaking this world for his glory. God is building his kingdom as we speak. And he is using you and I. We are plan A, baby. And I'm glad to be on that team. I really am. I thank God for it. And God is doing a great work in you so you can heal this world. This compassion, this idea of compassion, it's all over Jesus. When God gives you eyes to see him, blessed are the pure, for they will see God. He also gives you eyes to see other people, to have compassion towards them. And you don't see them for where they are. Again, you see them for the potential they have, how God can change them like he's changed you. When God calls people in the Bible, he doesn't call people who had it all together. Gideon, a coward, David, you know, immature and young, Paul, a murderer. He doesn't say, man, you know what, you're awesome. Harry, Chris, you're, you're a first-round pick, baby. You're on my team. I need you. It's not what he's saying at all. You know, shame is Robin. You got some issues, man, you know. And I'd love to work for you because I know what's in you. I created you. I breathed my spirit into you. And you know what? As I purify your heart, as you see me for all that I am, in the midst of all this difficulty and uncertainty, we are going to rock. We are going to rule this thing. And we are going to come out in a wonderful place. Yeah? That's what he's doing, man, you know? And then what happens? We begin to speak differently. We judge and we condemn less, huh? And we begin to speak words of life into people around us. God is working through, even right now. You got an opportunity, 1204, let's move. Listen, Easter, with seven weeks away, you have an opportunity to bring life to people, to invite them into something that's going to change their life. So we're not about hyperbole. Did I, did I say it right? Hyperbole? Okay, good. Come a long way. 
Meaning, really, we know, even today, there, there are guests here on both services, I know. We often see guests Easter week crank. Last year, we have 440 people on Easter. We will, we will shout at that this year, okay? It's going to be an incredible time, and you have the opportunity to bring hope into somebody's life by inviting them here so they can experience a living and loving God in a, in a, in a corporate way that is absolutely just fantastic, Okay? And, it, and Easter will be nothing short of fantastic. I'm telling you, if you don't invite somebody, you will walk out of here saying, darn it, I should have invited them. Huh? You will. And you know what? They say, stats say 70 to 80%. I'll just be conservative and bring it down to 50%. That 50% of people who are invited to church on Easter will come. And by the way, and I say this for Thanksgiving, when you're inviting them to Chair City Church, you're inviting them to the church, right? Meaning in this area, people think well of us. They've given us awards. They put us in the papers. They speak affectionately about us. People who don't go to church recommend it, recommend people if they're looking to go, go to that church. They care about the community. They care about people. They serve others. They're friendly. They're generous. They're sacrificial. You know, that's how they wrote about Christians early on. Right now I'm doing a, a class and seminary on survey of church history, and I might have said this. I just, it just jazzes me. As you read about the historians, Roman historians, Jewish historians, uh, Greek, and, they write, and they're writing about these cr- Christians or these people and describe them. They care about others more than themselves. They seem to put their own interests aside to come along with other people who don't even agree with them and might even mistreat them, and they're caring for them. I'm like, yeah, that, that's us, baby, right there. That's us. That's what I'm a part of. That's what I, that's what I joined up for, right? Yeah. I'm just so proud of that, man. I'm like, that's awesome. You know? No, I mean, that, that, that's history, right? That's in museums. People in the second century and third century writing about these people who we're a part of. That's just so admirable. That's, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's a beautiful life, and that's what God is calling us to. All right, so now on Easter, I'll leave you with this. We're going to three services. I'm not saying we're going to stay at three services. No. But on Easter, we will go to three services, 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. And again, and I, I am just going to keep bringing this to you to invite. But matter of fact, before you leave here today, if you can write it down quick, you know, I want you to write down, if you have something you have, you want to take a connection card, you can write down the names in a blank white space. Start writing down, this is who I'm going to invite. Start praying for them. Start talking to them about it. If you want, write it down on a piece of paper or on a connection card and put it in a black box. And we're going we're gonna to start making a list of the names we're getting and we're going to start praying for them even now, knowing that God is going to change your life. Because so many of you here came through, right? How many, so many people here were not going to church and they came to know Christ by coming in on a Sunday and many of it happened on Easter. So be a part of God changing someone's life. And when you do this, by the way, I just want to let you know, well, let's just, let's just jump. It's 12.07. All right. We're going to take now, as we end this out, we're going to take the fruit of the Spirit and put it alongside the Beatitude. So now the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, and, and the, fruit of, the fruit of purity is goodness, right? The fruit of purity is goodness. When God is purifying our heart, the fruit of that, what comes from that, is goodness. The word goodness there in the original language in the Greek is the word for generosity. Yeah, I mean, not just a, not a fi- not limited to a financial generosity, but just a generosity. When we gathered with our volunteers this morning, and I told them, I said, okay, go out there and be good, meaning be generous. Meaning be generous with your smile. Be generous with your hug. Be generous with your time, and you're giving attention to people. Be generous today. The fruit 
of purity is goodness, meaning a generosity. So when God has purified your heart now and those, the, those impurities have come out and you're seeing people in, in such a better way now, you're driven to be good, to bring goodness into their lives, not inclined to selfishness, but being good to them, being, being generous to them with your care, your kindness, your love, your forgiveness, your acceptance, right? Be good to them. Be good to these people and invite them for Easter. God is a generous God. I'm going to just jump towards the end here. Listen, as we close out, God does not want your faith to end in your head. God wants your faith 18 inches from your head and he wants it going into your heart. Do you hear me? He wants our faith to come from our heart, from deep within us. You know? There are people out there, they've not read the Bible. And many people will come to know Jesus before they even pick up a Bible or read a Bible. Something will happen in their life. And it's because of what they're reading from you and what they're hearing from you. you. You hear that? That's how it happened with me. Right? Be good to people, even if they don't vote the way you vote. Be good to them. Be generous with your smile, with your care, with your affection, even if they don't vote the way you do, even if they think different politically from what you do. Be good to them. Why? Because you're a Christian. That's your lineage. That's your legacy. That's your calling. That's what happens when God is bringing purification to your heart. You're being good. Be good to them. If they, if they prescribe to different sexual uh, lifestyles, be good to them. If they see gender in different ways, be good to them. Stop complaining. Stop just, okay, I just, just stop complaining. Stop judging. Stop getting on it. Just be good to them. Be generous to them. You think, oh, let me just stop. Let's just say, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I thank God for what he's done in my life. Huh? And you'll get closer to people and you, you, proximity is passion. Just be good, be generous and let them see it. And then people will write about you. Look at these that guy, look at that gal, look at that person, look at that human being, look at how they treat others, yes? And that's a beautiful thing, and that's a beautiful life, and you will feel better about living out that way, all right? Why don't you come on up, team? I'll skip through your queue. Look, why don't you stand up with me as we close out? More than anything else, I know it slips by us. Listen, more than anything else, more than a Democrat or Republican, more uh, than loving your country, more than uh, you know, uh, you know what you are in your occupation, more than anything else, you are first and foremost a Christian. You are first and foremost a follower of Jesus. This is what you live from, huh? You need to know that this is who I am. I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ, huh? And this will help you see this world differently. And it'll help you be good to people. When you came in today, I talked to you about two different people looking at the same thing and seeing things totally different. And it's that way with Jesus. You know, some people will look at Jesus and they'll, uh, you know, and, and you have this spectrum of like, I, I thoroughly and deeply 
believe in Jesus. It's like, I, you know, I kind of believe in him. You know, yeah, I believe in him. To like, I don't believe in him. But, you know, maybe I, I kind of can see some of it and I take some of that. To like, absolutely not. I don't believe in Jesus. It's entirely a concocted, made-up thing, right? And, and so two different people looking at the same Jesus. And, and maybe you came in here today and you were kind of somewhere on the right side of the spectrum. But now today you're thinking, you know what, I don't know. There was this thing kicking around in me. Maybe that's why you got here today. And, and here you are now, and something's going on, and that something is drawing you and pulling you that you believe in Jesus. That God has done something in your heart. He's begun that work in your heart, and he's telling you, you believe in me, and you know you need me. And I created you to need me and to want me and to desire me. I am what will satisfy. I will bring wholeness to your life. You will know peace and joy with me i've given my life for you that you could be in a posture and a place right now to be right with my heavenly father huh that's a beautiful thing that you could be positioned and poised to live a beautiful life from the inside out regardless of what's going on around you whether you're living in westminster or the slums of harlem whether you're at peace or at war you will be beautiful from the inside out because you know me and believe in me now if that's you and you believe that jesus gave his life for you died on a cross for the forgiveness the eradication of your sins to make you right before god and that you want to trust and believe in that jesus you have a card it's a connection card christy introduced you to it on one side it says my next step and there's a box that i've decided to have a relationship with jesus Today, I'm deciding to see Jesus for all the beauty he is. I'm deciding to see that this is the God that's going to purify my heart, that's going to bring hope out of this and, and going to enable me to bring goodness into this world around me, starting with those in my home. My kids will see goodness regardless of pain, of suffering, of disappointment, of anything. My kids will see goodness in me. My friends, my family, my spouse, they will see goodness, generosity pour out of my life. That's what they will remember. That's what they will know. And that's because today I decide to follow Jesus, to renew my relationship with him. Today, this is not going to be a lukewarm Christianity to me. I am all in today. Check one of those boxes off and bring it to the guest services table. Listen, you can be a vehicle of God's goodness in this world. The reality in life is that people are going to see two different things when they're looking at the same thing, Right? When they look at you, let them see a living, loving Jesus. To God be the glory.